This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 135 of Strangers and Aliens, like stepping through a time warp. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Welcome to Strangers and Aliens, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, Christianity, faith, and imagination. I'm Ben Avery, one of three hosts, and guess what? All three hosts are here. And let's let's just hear from the other two. Introduce Ooh, yourselves, wow. gentlemen. <laughs> wow, what a practice. Yeah, I'm introduce back. yourself, gentlemen. <laughs> my name I is heard, Steve. I heard Steve McDonald. I'm Steve McDonald. I heard Dr. J start, so I was like, well, I'll just let him, because I don't want to step on him. Like, we just stepped all over each other right there. So, you know. Oh, boy. You know, I just just introduced (laughs) myself as Steve McDonald, and Steve, you didn't even run with it. I was was in the middle of saying something myself, so it was just just like a festival. This whole thing just is kind of a mess right now. (laughs) Okay. Wait, stop. Let's get let's go back in time and start over. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ben Avery, one of three hosts, and guess what? Today we actually have all three hosts together in cool. one place, metaphorically speaking. Gentlemen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Steve McDonald, and we're also here with I am Doctor Chase of Space. I it just rhymed. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm actually Steve McDonald. Yeah, and I'm not. <laughs> no. okay. We can tell. Uh, uh, we're not going to go back in time. We already did that gimmick with the uh, Edge of Tomorrow episode anyway. So, Which one is that? The one that you haven't listened to. Oh, that one. Yeah. I'm kind of proud of it. Even though I had to do it alone, I, was, I had a lot of fun doing it. So it was a fun one. But we're not doing a, a solo episode here. We are doing... Just the gang. The gang's back. The boys are back in town. That's right. So, uh, and this this episode topic comes from Dr. Jace because he had, well, Dr. Jace, go ahead and just explain. What's what's the topic? What what are we talking about today? We are talking about a moment in our in our lives when it felt like we had gone back in time. Or forward in time. Or I guess forward in time. Sure. I mean, who? We're not. We, there's no rules to this, right? Yeah, time travel? No. Yeah. With rules for on this podcast? I don't. I don't think so. No. 
No, and even if there were, they would the rules would just be there to be broken. So they're only guidelines. Yeah, they're suggestions. More or less, yeah. So uh, I wrote down a couple different times, and uh, I think Steve has a couple different, and Doctor Jace, you mm-hmm. have a few different ones. So Doctor Jace has really different ones. I mean, emphasis on the different. <laughs> well. Do you do you want to start with the inspiration, or do you want to end with the inspiration of what caused you to think of this this topic, Doctor Jace? Has he dozed off? No, no he's no. just thinking really hard. <laughs> I lost you guys for a moment. Oh, do you want to start with what inspired you to for to come up with this topic, or do you want to end with what inspired you to come up with this? Well, topic? No, I guess no. I think you know we can open up with this and then kind of see where it goes. Well, I actually – it also plays into what I've been doing this summer. I recently was in Ghana, Africa, and uh, and we were in the northern part, which is mostly Islamic. And uh, and it was, a, it was a very different experience. I mean it, when you think of um, – a lot of times people have different perceptions of Africa. Some people think Africa and they think lions and tigers and – that sort of thing, or sometimes people think of Africa, um, hot sand, mud huts. This is more of that that version. And so, uh, we were um, in a place. And as a, for those many of those who have gone on missions trips, you you begin to uh, appreciate what you have um, at home and see the differences between cultures. Uh, and I've been on a lot of missions trips myself, but. There's a few things that were very, very interesting about this one. Uh, one, it was one of the most challenging trips I've taken, both spiritually and physically. So that was what kind of got this started. And so you you went on this mission strip, and the way you described it was that it was like you'd step through a time portal. And yeah, so yeah, it was. What is that? What did you mean? What? Well, a few things. One is we didn't have a lot of technology. Like for the for the first part of the the trip, we uh, there was no interaction. And usually, when we go there, we find ways to communicate some way back home, and everyone know we're okay. But this was very t- difficult. We were not able to communicate. Or I was not able to communicate back home um, with the family, so that was different. But but also just seeing if you guys kind of just saw how they lived. I mean, it was, I don't know how you cannot be changed. And uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, a, a lot of the people that we interacted with did not have any concept of germs or anything. And we came across this young man because we took a medical team with us. And we came across this young man whose hand, I'm not joking, was probably what looked like five times larger than my hand. And my hand's much, my hand's naturally much larger than this guy's hand probably was and so it was just and it, it had grown so much it had ripped and there was pus coming out of it coming Oof. out of it and we're sitting there talking and we drove by and we saw his hand and we mentioned hey what's wrong with your hand and he just kind of laughed at it and brushed it off as if oh yeah I hurt my hand you know kind of like he scraped his knee or got a paper cut Wow. and our doctors were telling him no this is a serious issue you need to now the doctor the, the only hospital that we knew of in the area would not be a hospital that any of us would go to. Um, but it's better than nothing. And our doctor told us that if he he did not um, go to the doctor, he was going to lose his arm. There's no 
know if that, but it was also, there's a chance he, he could die. But he had no concept, and we tried to tell him, and he just kind of laughed out. And we're like, no, you are going to lose your hand. And, um, but I, just to tell you, one of the most, I've shared this story even with our church, I shared it one of, one of the, the sermons I shared. Um, if you look at their water sources, we went to their water source just so they could see it with our own eyes, and we looked at it. And forget about the fact that they have to walk a long ways for it, but when you look at it, it's fairly, I mean, it's hard, it's really hard to kind of fathom it. The water is more of a milky brown, milky green. They get this water, they drink it, they wash their clothes in it, they bathe in it, they also go to the bathroom in it. Also, the animals bathe and go to the bathroom in it. And and here, guys, this is just, this will blow your mind. Most villages don't have this option, but there are a few that we went where people had got them wells where they could get, you know, clean water. Well, the people in, the, in many of the villages won't drink that water. Do you want to know why? Yes. Um, <laughs> they won't drink, they won't drink the clean water. Do you have any guesses? No. Because of superstitious something? Uh, well, there may be some traditional things to that, but the, the reason they told us was because the other water tastes better. Oh. Wow. So even when you try to explain it to them, even when you try to teach them, there's such, from what we understand with that, that tribal, that, from that, that culture... It's so tradition that if that it's so hard to break tradition, and it, to this amount, like m- many of them, they're getting cataracts at thirty and forty years old, and many of them wouldn't have to have that if they just wore sunglasses. Well, they, many of the ladies would not wear sunglasses. Why? Because the other villagers would laugh at them. So what we did, they all want to see the doctors, but they wouldn't wear the sunglasses. So in order for them to see the doctors, we made them wear their sunglasses to where all of a sudden there's hundreds of people with sunglasses on so if you didn't have them you were the odd person out we had to kind of like get creative with changing you know that mindset a little bit but I mean those types of things were just all over the place wow. and even when you try to explain it and when you try to share it with them uh, even then many of them won't change and so I really did feel like I was going back in time because um, many of these people don't have access to electronics or or different things like that. Was there anything else that that felt like you were going back in time? You made it sound like there was was kind of more than one. Well, there's there's a lot of different things. Um, I mean, just their their culture in general – the way they treat the children, the children really aren't valued. In fact, they're almost, from what we could see, um, they, I, from what, the way they explain it, they love their children, but they don't show affection. That it's it's very different. That they don't play with their kids. They don't they don't really hug or kiss as much as, as like what we. They don't kiss. Like even um even romantically, they don't kiss. Um, and if you guys just saw the environment that they lived in, they live in these elements 
even when you meet these people who are old and you realize they're not really that old, it's just that this is what their bodies have looked like after living in the elements for so long and in right. such extreme extreme heat. I mean these the nicer homes you have these mud huts and then this these hay roofs kind of thing. And so you walk in. In fact we walked into one of the the chief's palaces, his palace is a mud hut and his palace, I mean, most of your got if you have a garage, it's probably nicer than his his palace. Wow. And um hmm. but but it, it it's just like all over the place. If you have um I will tell you one thing that was really cool. Uh, we you, you actually see this stuff in America too, but it's harder to notice. It's a very strong Islamic influence. And so I'm sitting there, you know, preaching the gospel next to the mosques with the Muslim leaders there. You know, it was, and this is where thing, this is a place that can get very violent very fast. Right. Um, if you don't know, Ghana, there's very, in Africa in general, but there's a, this tribal thing. And there's different classes of tribes. And the tribes we are reaching were the lowest of the tribes. And in Ghana, the southern part of Ghana is more Christian and more educated. And the northern part of Ghana is more Islamic and less educated. And there's a lot more desolation. So in the places we're going at, guys, you your mouths would drop. It got to the point where we could almost tell if there was a Christian influence or not. I'll explain. If there was no Christian influence at all, the the villages tended to be more desolate. They were meaner to each other, the way people treated each other, but also how the women were treated, how the kids were treated. Um, The conditions were a lot lot worse. Then when you go to a village where there was a little bit of a Christian influence, because almost all the villages have a mosque. Almost every village, even if it's in the middle of nowhere, they almost all have a mosque. But in the the ones with a, a little bit of a Christian influence, you could see that there was a little bit difference with, with how they treated each other, and and uh, there would be a little bit more innovation. And then we send we went to this one village, and we knew that there had to be a Christian influence. And I'll just tell you why. We saw it, and we and I my first question was, there has to be a Christian influence here. It was the only village that we went to that I saw that there was actually a bathroom, an outhouse. Wow. And they said, yes, they actually had built a, a, a church there. And um, their their system, they have two systems. They have a traditional system, which is built on chiefs, and then they have like a legal system. But no one trusts the legal system. So if you get in trouble, you can go to the chiefs or the police. No one trusts the police because pretty much the police just take money from you. It, it, with, that's what they told us at, at least. Wow. That's amazing. And I got a chance, I got a chance to lead one of the leading – chiefs in the region to the Lord right there in front of his people because in in this place if you don't raise your hand I mean people don't because if you accept Christ the, the rest of the village ostracizes you uh, wow. they make fun of you you can't marry so for instance if we were in that village and Ben you got you became a Christian Steve would cut you off because uh, so you could not marry his daughters or anything like that or anybody in his family because you had done something different so when you become a Christian, it's a big deal. And so in front of his whole village, this one of the most – I didn't know at the time. I did not know he was – I knew he was the chief, but I did not know he was – we had heard about him before we got there. And I didn't know this was one of the influential chiefs. 
So it was extremely rewarding, but it was, I mean, it was hot, guys. It was, <laughs> I, I, we would go and we would come That's back. Hot. We would come back covered in dirt and grime. I, I would go and, and it was so thick. Just by going out, it was just so thick. Everywhere we went, um, it, it was just like a whole nother world. Wow. But that's Sounds another like podcast that. topic of times you felt like you walked through a portal to another planet. It sounds like an time. afternoon on my bus. Ah, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> so uh, overall then, how, how do you feel about the trip? I mean, what, what, are, what did you take away from the trip? I mean, you, you obviously put a lot into it, but what did you take away from it? Um, honestly, it was one of the hardest trips I've taken. I've done a lot of missions trips and a lot of traveling to other countries. For me, it was very um, rewarding to see the Christians that were there trying to make a difference and what they go through. But I, I was just really, honestly, just excited that God used me in a way and used our team in a way that um, it just was really rewarding in that way because we just saw several people come to the Lord and it really just inspired me to keep doing what we're doing back home. I would say one thing I took away is it confirmed to me that I'm at where I'm supposed to be at right now in my life um, because there's a part of me that really enjoys traveling and doing mission work, but um, there were some of the missionaries there who was sharing their heart for those people. And it kept reminding me of my heart for Americans and for people at home, because we have, we have a lot of our own unique challenges here in America. And so I think more than anything, I came back. Um, it just confirmed that I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Cool. All right. Well, Steve, what about you then? Do you have a, a time travel moment? I doubt it's going to be as extensive or as deep as, as no. Dr. Jason's because it's just so fresh and raw with him. But uh, what yeah. about you? What's a time travel move with you? Wait, can, I, can I say one more thing? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. No. The, no, the, you can't. No, just kidding. Go the, ahead. The water thing. The water thing. It just reminded me of even our own lives. We put so much junk into our lives. So much crud. So much stuff. And even when we know it's bad for us, if you look at, you know, if you have people in your lives that keep making the same mistakes or if we look at the issue of sin in our lives, you see so many people making these poor choices. And on the outside, you can sit there and go, why are you making these choices? This is unhealthy. But in reality, what a lot of people in our country or in our families or sometimes even in our own, you know, in our, in our workplaces, people say, but it tastes better. Even though it's toxic, they yeah. keep taking in, whether it be the sex, the drugs, unhealthy relationships, whatever the sin is, and they keep doing it. And it's this, it, when the, the, the missionary told us when we got there, where they live at in Africa, whatever's going on, you can see it spiritually, it's spiritually naked. You can see it for almost what it is. It's spiritually naked. And one thing that they're very aware of spiritual dynamics, and you can see it for what it, what it is. And so it was, um, I just think that that's something that reminded me in America. We drink, we, we can sit there and we can talk about how we just need to educate them on germs. But the truth is, 
we do the same thing. There's healthy water. There's healthy, you know, looking at looking at, at Jesus, at God. There's a healthy path, but so many choose because everyone else does it, or it tastes better, and we don't understand that it's toxic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right along, right with you, right alongside you. It's crazy what people choose over what could be, you know, a, a, a life-changing experience for them. They want the other thing because it tastes better. Well, because they're accustomed to the taste, too. Yeah. Because yeah. just because it's cleaner and fresher and more healthy doesn't mean it tastes normal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, eventually, it'll taste better because you get used to that. But, yeah. um, yeah, you, you want the healthy and the good taste. I, and I <laughs> felt that I went back in time. I literally watched the kids grab the book. I could, I could see the feces in the water already. But <sighs> as these kids, these kids are sitting there drinking it in front of me. They're getting these barrels to take it back, carrying it on their head, which is ridiculously heavy anyways. And then a whole herd of cows surrounded us. I have pictures of it and video of it. They came in, they got into the water, and the cows started drinking the water and going to the bathroom in the water. And the kids just gr- pick up the water and, and drink it right next to them. Wow. It, that, at that moment, I, th- I was thinking, I feel like I'm back in time, back before anybody knew. No wonder. It's the same village that the guy, his hand was swollen up. He's probably been using that water to wash his hand, which is why it's so infected. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot that can be drawn from that. Yeah. A lot. Anyway. Yeah, my, mine has, has so little spiritual application <laughs> to it, both of them actually. But they're just sort of fun and there are times when I really uh, was able to take, you know, to be outside myself for a little bit. Um, one is uh, my, my youngest son, um, Ben, no relation to Ben, uh, is five and he's just learning now how to throw the baseball to catch the baseball and things like that and we're uh you know this is our last chance at a sporty kid so <laughs> my wife keeps uh-huh. sho- shoving the glove and the ball at me and uh have you know trying to have me uh get him outside and get used to all the the sports stuff um but uh, i recently took a charter to uh, a bus charter to a uh, a baseball um, a charter and uh, I, I took a team to a, a place locally and um, they if you're the bus driver they allow you to sit and watch the sporting event usually you can get in free um, and I sat there and I was watching the game and uh, they announced a pinch hitter and it was my son's name <laughs> <laughs> it was really kind of cool because I didn't know that that I think I saw someone on the bus with the last name on their, you know, my last name on their on the back of their shirt, but I didn't think to myself, "Hey, wow, I wonder if it could be my name or, or you know, Ben's name or something." But it was it was uh, Benjamin McDonald, and I was like, "Wow, this is what it's going to be like in like ten years when I'm like old and stuff," and <laughs> and I just sort of sort of like took it as a as a thing and I said you know I'll, I'll, I'll root for him as if he was my son you know and I didn't go crazy or anything but it was just that type of thing where I, I, I had that connection with this guy who doesn't even know me except hey there was a guy that drove the bus um, but he has my son's name and uh, that was it was sort of like a 
time travel into the future. Yeah, I wonder where you were going when you said, or the future. Yeah. Interesting. It was was cool. It was cool. That is cool. My oldest son just turned 13 today. Wow. I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, this is... This is crazy to watch him grow up. But so, yeah, I don't know if I'd feel maybe a little bittersweet, you know, stepping into the future to see that. It was, it was kind of bittersweet because you know, he made an out. So it was sort of like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> would have been better if they hit a home run. But, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'm trying to decide if I if I do my goofy one first or if I do my, um, you know, more more spiritual esque one. Do the goofy. Change okay. it up. It's not. I mean, I say goofy. It's not technically. I mean, it's not hilariously funny or anything like that. But um, two blocks away from well, starting on Facebook, someone tagged a store that was opening and said, "I think Mr. Ben would like this," and it was someone from my church and. I looked at the store and the store was this vintage toy store and and I started looking at all the people who had liked it and it was a bunch of people from my college and from my church and I was like why are people that I know liking this Facebook page well it's called Tom's Vintage Toys and so I I liked it and then I looked into it it's two blocks away from my house and it's a place across the street from the high school that it's been a Mexican restaurant. It's been an Irish tea house. It's been um, a barbecue joint. It's been all these different places. I've always wanted it to be something that would be my place. That would be like where I could just walk there and have, you know, a nice cup of tea or, you know, some sort of drink or something like that while I'm working. You know, just my, my own little coffee house is so close, you know. And it's, nothing that goes in there stays. And so all of a sudden right. it's this toy store. And we had driven by it. We weren't sure what it was. But the kids noticed he had pictures of superheroes and Hot Wheels. And so I, I did wonder if it was going to be like a vintage toy store. So I go in there. My friends, it was stepping back in time. Oh, cool. It was crazy. First of all, he had a ton of toys that I wanted when I was a kid but couldn't get. He has Shogun Warriors. Oh, wow. Those are like three feet tall robots that were, you know, originally from Japan, but they were brought over here and, and, you know, marketed to children here. Still in the package. He has ROM Space Knight (laughs) in its package. And so it's like all those kind of things. There's all these action figures that I had when I was a kid, you know, and, um, you know, he has a wall of Star Wars stuff and um, he had dollar bins with comic books in them nice. board games um, there was some board games that I recognized and that I had had you know some of the Star Wars board games he had a Battlestar Galactica board game that's the one I have my eye on but I didn't buy mm-hmm. um, there's a board game called <laughs> Blizzard of 78 and oh, it was God. like literally a board game about the Blizzard of 1978 you are kidding from 1978 or maybe 77 77 78 whatever it was that the big Blizzard it's that like shut down the whole East yeah. of you know of the of the country, and like, it's a board game where you're like trying to drive through the blizzard or something like that. How much is that? I don't know. I'll, I'll find out. I can you find have out. To find out because I I mean in, at the very least take some pictures of, of that because I lived through that. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't remember it because I was what, three or four, um, 
and I was up in Ontario, so we always had blizzards anyway. But yeah, I I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll check into it for you because wow. And he had Migos, the, you know, the Mego superhero toys, and um, so I'm looking at it and I'm seeing all these toys that see, I see had. Now, I, I feel like I'm going back in time right now in this conversation. Yes. <laughs> so it's all these toys that I had and all these toys that I wanted, and. Then he had like all the He-Man stuff that my brother had and the He-Man stuff that my brother wanted. You know, it was just – I never got into He-Man for one reason or another. It just wasn't a toy that I was into. I watched the cartoon, but I just didn't have the toys. Um, and, you know, Transformers, all those things. It was crazy. So I bought a few comic books. In fact, ironically, um, a couple of the comic books that I bought were called Time Warp. Um, and it was – these comics that I'd seen ads for when I was a kid in my old DC comics and they're just sci-fi anthology comics. And I was like, I remember these. I always wanted to see what was in them. So they were a dollar each, you know? And, um, I bought a, uh, the, remember how they used to collect comic books into pocket book sized novel looking things. Yeah. Um, so I got the empire strikes back one and the Battlestar Galactica, one. Nice. So now I have that that first Battlestar Galactica story. I have it in the individual issues. I have it in the big oversized Treasury edition, and I have it in this pocketbook novel thing. And um, it was the first day he had been open, and so I wanted to buy something, you know. And so I was like looking for. It, it wasn't hard for me to find stuff I wanted to buy. It was hard to find stuff that I wanted to buy that was also within the budget because I could only use what was in my wallet. He didn't have his card set up yet, but. It was crazy. Tom's Vintage Toys, I was walking into a time machine and just stepping back into the past. And I, I have to be careful because I could just go there and just stand there and look at stuff. And I don't want him to feel weird. Um, <laughs> you know, like, here's that guy who keeps coming back, not buying anything and just looking. Um, a lot of it's behind glass stuff. He has, you know, things that are even locked up and that kind of thing. But yeah, the ROM Space Night. That's the one that as soon as I got home, he didn't have it out yet. He hadn't priced it yet. As soon as I got home, I get on the computer, look up on eBay. I'm like, oh, crud. No, no way. Because like in package, it's going for 250 bucks. Right. And I'm just like, there's no way I can buy that. But I want to. Maybe I, I'll, maybe I can just give him $5 and he can uh, let me take a picture with it. and <laughs> Something like that. But yeah. So anyway, that's my that was my. Uh, first thing that I thought of when when you brought up the topic, Doctor Jace, was mm-hmm. was Tom's Vintage Toys. It was a cool, cool well, place, and just two I'm blocks gonna... from my house. Oh, I have another story. Um, it's a little goofy. Well, it's a little bit goofy, but it's also a little bit a little bit sad. I um, oh. as you guys, I think know, I often do consulting for different ministries in different churches. My family has done this for for many years, and. Um, there was this one church who um, was had lost their pastor and was starting to lose a lot of people. And so they asked me to come in to kind of give them a hand. And so when I walked in to kind of look at their systems, the kind of like how they do ministry, like what, how do they do things? Everything in the office, every, every piece of technology I mean, you guys can help me out try to figure out the dates, but everything was before like 1985 or something. <laughs> what I mean, what I know, I, I'm seriously, like, I, I started to realize that one of the things that they were struggling is that um, they had several people on staff, but in general, what most of them did nowadays, one person could do. And so it took them forever to do almost anything because they literally 
They didn't use a computer. They used a typewriter. Wow. A typewriter. I'll say that again. A typewriter. <laughs> That's awesome. It's not that extreme, but okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. Type. You pushed buttons and a mechanical device moved an arm with ink attached to a letter right. in reverse. But, that's right. Now we have all these things in between the process. Between the keyboard and the letters, we have all these other devices but, connected. But Think about this. <laughs> think about this. But that's like what they were doing for their bulletin stuff, right? Right. But, but think about this. This is for their bulletins for multiple people. So every time they had a letter, they had to type out another one. All right. So <laughs> what took them months to do we could not we could normal you could do in an hour or two hours yeah so i mean the books the furniture um i mean everything was so if if you if we if you if we were sitting there with a team shirts on and with <laughs> with you know <laughs> we could just pretend that we were back in you know back in the 80s Nice. In fact, some of the stuff was before the '80s. I mean, some of the technology I didn't recognize at all. Wow. There was a machine. I still don't know what it was for. <laughs> oh, no. Might have been for folding bulletins. That's a weird looking machine. Yeah. Maybe it's a mimeograph machine or something. Yes. <laughs> what was the kind oh. that you you turn the crank and it, you, it would be purple? Yeah. And you'd like smell it when it was handed out to you. I can. I know that smell. Oh, what is yeah, that? It was like a, they had smell. eight tracks. They had eight tracks, but they also had. You know, instead of um, recording things on CDs, and now it's more digital, but it's all on, you know, cassette tapes. Um, and that takes, you know, it was just, and, you know, they didn't really want to change any of their systems. So there's no way they could really streamline or, or change anything that they were doing unless, you know, you want to change some of that stuff because um, that stuff just, it, wow. Yeah, you're talking about an extreme learning curve in that situation yeah. to get them to change anything. Yeah, but for <laughs> the amount that they could save, I mean, it would take that's three months of training. We could get a lot more done. Oh, man. That's funny. That's funny. It's probably all those like machines that I probably personally had back in the 70s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steve, what about you? Another one from you? I have another one, and it's it's sort of a plug, but it has nothing to do with, with sci-fi or even fantasy, except nowadays you can – I'll just get into it here. Just go it's, for it, it's yeah. A, it's a baseball card site, and I started collecting baseball cards when I was uh, nine in 1976, and you know, I still remember the look of the cards, the feel of the cards – just the, the design of the cards got to me. There was a lot of different things that appealed to me. And the um, one of the major things was the statistics on the back. And the reason why I'm passably good at math and things like that is because I started collecting baseball cards right at that pivotal time where I was, my brain was growing and everything. And my dad really glommed onto it and said, you know what, let's, let's work with this uh, this model that he's, you know, he's coming up with these little, you know, numbers and things, and teach him more about uh, uh, statistics and numbers and all that, all that different type of stuff. And um, you know, he he really made the numbers come alive to me. My dad did, and uh, and you know, even to this day, 
uh, I play fantasy baseball and uh, I use these things that I started to learn back in 1976 to to do well in you know the fantasy baseball leagues and I found a website um, it's called Project Baseball and I, I think he does different years but I found one specifically for 1976 and he he blogs and he puts a picture of the card there and it's like you can't smell the bubble gum that came with it you can't you know uh, touch the wax wrapper or anything like that but you can see this card and it's just it's every little thing that grabbed my attention back then you know it's it's all there and uh you know right now i'm just looking at a nolan ryan card people don't know who nolan ryan is wait so you're 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 browsing that website right now as we're having this conversation well yeah i just i wanted to get all the information you know, fresh in my mind. I'm not browsing it, looking right, at it. Right, right. Okay. I just pulled All up right. the first page, <laughs> and it just happened to be from 2010. It's a Nolan Ryan card, and all these little things. I mean, I remember the picture, and I didn't know who this guy was, but the statistics were, you know, wow, over 300 you know, strikeouts. Is that good? Is that a record? Does it stink? How do you know? And um, you know, even nowadays, I'll use um, object lessons from baseball a lot, especially with my kids, um, to try to explain things to them and try to explain why different things are this way or that way. And I can do it so much easier using baseball analogies because I lived in these statistics for, you know, five to ten years back when I was uh, in my early teens and preteens. Um, so when I found this website, and I just found it a couple months ago, I think it was after... Uh, Jace mentioned that we were going to do a show like this. And when I, I found it, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the picture on a plastic screen, but I can smell that card. You know, <laughs> I, I can feel that card. You know, I know about this card particularly because I had it. And, uh, and it just, I just wander through this site and it just takes me all the way back. It's amazing. Well, you made me think of another one. Steve, and that's um, something that Lehman Kessler accidentally mm-hmm. did to me through Facebook. Is he <laughs> posted this weird video, and it was to this weird show, and basically it was to um, get you know a reaction from people. Um, Lehman and and uh, Rachel live in Canada, and they have a lot of Canadian friends, and so this was the uh, opening theme song to uh, a children's show in Canada and I started I clicked on it and I shouldn't have because I ended up going down a rabbit trail but it was a show called today's special and as soon as it started I'm like oh my goodness I remember this and I started feeling really weird uh, the show itself is weird it's about a, a dummy that comes a mannequin that comes to life in a store every night when a little puppet mouse says some magic words and um <laughs> and if he leaves the store he'll turn back into a mannequin and if and if he you know gets caught in the sunlight he'll stay a mannequin forever or something like that and it opens up with a puppet uh, security guard locking up the store for the night and there's a stock lady or something like that and she picks up the mannequin from the store window carries him up the escalator and you know they have a little bit of uh, small talk and you just have this kind of jazzy saxophone going on in the background and then they start singing you know today's special and it was just 
I, I was watching this and it was just, oh my goodness, this show. I not thought about this show in easily 30 years, probably closer to 35 years. Um, and it just was weird. It was just weird. And then I started clicking on, you know, links because YouTube does that. They give you recommended links and stuff. And so I clicked on some other links and I started searching for shows like the hilarious uh, House of Frightens or, or of, uh, yeah, I think it's Frightenstein, which was a weird comedy horror show that was on Saturday mornings when I was a kid in Canada. And a show called Let's Go, which was uh, hosted by the same woman for like the, the entire time that I ever watched it. But it was this rotating group of kids from some school and they would come and they would do acting exercises and and uh, basically improv sketches and stuff like that and songs and, and it was – and then there were some commercials that I was clicking on. I was like, oh, I remember seeing that because you see the commercials how many times you know, you, you're watching different shows throughout the day, throughout the year. But the commercials are popping up all over the place and all – it was just – it was weird in this rabbit hole that I went down into children's Canadian television from the late 70s and early 80s. Um, it was – I did not sleep well that night. Uh, I stayed up too late and then I was just – had these songs, especially the Today's Special song was just kind of repeating over and over in my head. It was bizarre. It was this weird deja vu. I, I don't even know how to explain the feeling, but it was like getting butterflies in your stomach when you're excited about something. But it was more like a, it was it was it was sadder than that because it was like lost. You know, it's this is stuff that's lost to the cloud of time, and wow. it was it was. I blame Lehman. I, I blame <laughs> Lehman. I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. So, nice. yeah, because the one I was going to go to was when I went and saw the uh, Mayan Aztec pyramids in Mexico City when I was on a, a missions trip to Mexico and that was like stepping back in time but you made me think of this one and this one actually both of them gave me a similar kind of feeling actually but one was because it was stuff that I had experienced that I was re-experiencing and the other one was because I was sitting in, or standing there on these these temples where things had happened in ages past and you know you're finding out about the different things that were happening and it just felt strange. It didn't feel like when I would see like a, a landmark here in the States, you know, when I would went to Washington and, and saw the Washington Monument and, and sang on, you know, sang there in the, the lawn um, near the Lincoln Memorial and everything like that. That I didn't have the same feeling. It was when I was on those Mayan temples and or pyramids rather, it just felt like really bad stuff happened here. Like truly evil things happened yeah. here 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago. And it's so far removed from that, but it still, to me, felt like it was just hanging on, this this presence or this sense of evil. It was odd. Yeah. Um, I didn't feel the presence or sense of evil when I was watching today's special. I'm hastening to add right now. <laughs> Unless the song getting stuck in my head over and over again could be counted as that. So That's I have one more. Dr. Jace, how about you? Well, I could come up with uh, – there's just several that I could come up with. But I'd say the one that really <clears throat> was probably one of the most prominent in my life was uh, I actually studied in Israel one summer. And um, I studied right there on Mount Zion, Mount Zion near the Jaffa Gate there. And that whole summer, um, just walking the streets, eating the food, hanging out with the people – 
Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had the chance to go to Israel, but it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a life-defining kind of experience. Um, but we lived right there on the wall, so you're sitting there and you're looking at all these things and all these places that Jesus would have gone and uh, going to the Sea of Galilee. And, uh, you know, in fact, um, one cool story is... Um, I was at the Sea of Galilee because we had we had a few locations that we we based out of. One was right in the city of of Jerusalem, and then another one was in uh, right on the Sea of Galilee. Well, when we were in the Sea of Galilee, um, I was sitting there. Uh, we had these chairs, and I had my feet in the water. I'm just kind of enjoying the scenery because it's surrounded by mountains. That there's a the sun was going down, and I heard my roommate behind me. And he was talking to this girl. If I remember correctly, he was interested in this girl and he was trying to get her attention. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, dude, don't do that right behind. He was right behind me. I could hear him. He was right there. I'm like, this is really embarrassing. Don't talk to her about that in front of me. And and then I turn around and he is two or three football fields behind me. But it, he huh. sounded like he was right behind me. And this answered one of my questions in the Bible. I always wondered. You guys know I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I have coming from an acting background. I'm sitting there going, when Jesus talked to all of these thousands of people, how did they hear him? How did they hear him? Mm-hmm. That's what I, they didn't have a microphone. So how did they hear him? Well, then I realized that in the Sea of Galilee, it's surrounded by, by mountains, and the water is shallow. It acts like a natural amphitheater. You could actually hear, once I realized this, I could actually hear conversations of people on the boats who were far away that I could barely see. Hmm. I didn't know where those conversations were coming from, but then I started to realize, wow, this is amazing. And so then I kind of started to think about, you know, the different, you know, different events in scripture. That was one of the very interesting things that happened when I was there. Um, also, I, was, I went through the Hezekiah Tunnels, which is, goes, is a waterway underneath Jerusalem. And I felt like Indiana Jones because you're going through these kind of underground things and the water sometimes can get up as high as your shoulders and it's cold. Uh, and you end up coming out of, I believe, if I remember correctly, the Bull of Bethesda, of Bethesda I think. Um, I think that was where we came out of. But um, it was just, it was a great experience. It was um, very, very, very rewarding and eye-opening. Yeah, that's something I've wondered about too. Is because it seems to me like the water would drown him out, but like he asked specifically, Peter, put out in your boat so I can talk to these people. No, no, exactly. Interesting. I, I did. No, no. I've you know, and I've put it in my comic books, and I'm like, I don't know what this is really supposed to show look like, you know. But okay, that's cool. <laughs> no, it was that's very cool. cool. And yeah. and it it little things like that. The entire trip, little things like for instance. Um, they they have a pretty good idea where they believe the battle of David and Goliath would occur, and so you can sit there and see just how the lay of the land, how how you know armies where they would have been, and and it also puts more in perspective of of um, kind of how many people because you know sometimes we get an idea that an event is smaller than it really was, or sometimes we get this idea that it's there was more people than there really were, and it's very very interesting. Cool. All right. Cool. Steve, any more from you? Um, none that I've prepared. No. <laughs> okay, make it up right now. Go. 
Uh, uh, well, when nope. I read okay. a book, sometimes the paper in the book, I smell it and I can take me back to the time when I originally got the book. So or basically to you, machine. smell is a time machine. Smell is a time machine. It really is. Okay. I'll just say pretty much any time Steve starts talking about old time radio, I feel like I'm going back in time. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Or, I feel or, like it when I listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Cause you get the ads and stuff. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I Steve, that should be your next one. That should be your, your final one is old time radio. That's, that's my one. You just took it as if you had traveled in time and grabbed it and <laughs> brought it back. Yeah. That. Well, there, there, Dr. Jace. Thank you very much for giving Steve his third time machine. Anytime. I, yeah. That's what I'm here for. I'm yeah. here to serve. My plan worked perfectly. <laughs> my plan is I'm only going to think of two and then maybe Dr. Jace will say something that's veiled as an insult but really is going to end up being the real thing. <laughs> it worked. There you go. Positive experience all around for strangers and aliens. Everybody high fives. High I, fives. Uh, yeah. I don't like high fives. I don't know why. Is that a Canadian <laughs> thing? I doubt it. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm going to say no, it's not because I think it's just a me thing, but uh, okay. So my final time machine, uh, time portal, whatever you want to say, um, is actually where I was while you were off on your mission trip. I was um, doing my own kind of mission trip with the Johnny and Friends family retreats, where it's a camp for people affected by disabilities. So it's someone in their family, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a child, but the whole family comes, and that, whoever has the disability they get paired up with someone who helps them through the day so that they're able to go and do camp things. So mom and dad are able to go off and and have uh, you know a, a camp worship service in the morning and not worry about where their kids are because their kids are being taken care of going through all the kids camp stuff that they would in the morning. And then they have activities all in the afternoon, you know, canoeing and, and, um, inner tubing and pool and beach and horseback riding, all that stuff in the afternoon. And then we have special activities at night, but every family gets, um, someone to be with that person who's been affected by the disability. So, um, you know, and just to help them with whatever they need help with. And it's, it's just a time to give parents, especially Wednesday night, it's time to give parents um, just an opportunity to have a vacation with their family. And Wednesday night is date night where we program the poop out of that night for the kids because we have to keep them going and entertained and happy while mom and dad do a date night, which some families, one family said it had been 17 years since they had had a date night. Um, another family said it had been last year at Johnny and friends that they had had a date night. And so here's where the time machine kind of falls in. My dad's birthday always happens at the beginning of Johnny and friends, the beginning of June. And I always forget to send him a birthday card, but my wife always remembers to get me a father's day card to give to my dad. And so I always write my dad a late father's day card or no, I always write my dad an early father's day card. That's a late uh, birthday card. And as I was writing, I like to try and write him a note just about what I'm thinking about at that time about, you know, just his relationship with me and, and his the things he's done for me as a father. And I was thinking about going to camps when I was a kid and going to these camps that my dad was working with handicapped adults and remembering myself looking and seeing these people who are doing all this, you know, serving these people and, and seeing service in a way that you never see or feels like you never see in the outside world or whatever. 
and just how that affected me. And then also thinking about the children's work that I do and, and how, when I was a kid, my dad was doing those, those children's things and, um, how it, it affected me. And, and so I felt like, again, kind of going through a time machine, but as it's kind of that re- time repeating itself where now I'm doing the stuff and my kids are there and I'm just looking at that and just hoping are my kids seeing the same thing I saw? Are my kids going to walk away from this and remember seeing people who are just serving, you know, and, and seeing people, what service really looks like and people serving the least of these, you know, especially as far as what society thinks about people who are, who have different disabilities and, you know, people with autism or people with down syndrome or people who are confined to, I shouldn't say confined people who are in wheelchairs, um, for one reason or another. And, and so that's, that's, uh, that's my last time machine was when I was sitting down to write that card for my dad. And I was thinking about my childhood and reflecting on how I hope some of the things that I got out of that when I was a child, my kids are going to be getting out of it too. Okay. So, um, I, I, that's my last one then. How about you guys? I'm going to throw it to you one more last time. This is your last chance or are you time machined out? Do you have anything else? You know, that, that kind of time machine reminds me, I go back in time to all of our other episodes where you give us the last word and we have absolutely nothing to say. <laughs> that's actually, a, that's, that's valid. That's 100% valid. There we go. How about you, Steve? No, I'm all good. All right. Well, that said, thanks for listening, everyone. If you have a situation that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear about it. All of our contact information is going to be coming up during the music that's about to play. And we, yeah, I would love to hear from you time when you felt like you had stepped through a portal in time and gone to the future or gone to the past. So all that said, gentlemen, if you would mind saying goodbye, I think we can hopefully say our goodbyes easier and more uh, intelligibly than we said our hellos. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So guys, would you like to say goodbye? I think I've lost connection with both of you. Steve, would you like to say goodbye? I'm here. So you guys want to say goodbye? Goodbye. Okay. And Godspeed, everyone. (laughs) You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.